another bitch for another time which we will eventually get to probably multiple times throughout yeah, the history of don't this worry, podcast if there's one thing we can bitch about it's how fucking fucked we are ah that's uh, that's very speaking true of being fucked mother earth is just getting if you thought 2020 was fucking you in the butt man mother earth is just railing us earth is dying Help this me, earth Jesus. is on fire she is you guys the west coast is burning to the ground to the ground there is so much smoke in the air in los angeles where we are it's got i mean the air quality on all the weather and air apps is unhealthy but it's like there's particles of all the buildings and shit burning it is to the point that our producer Sam, who has a lovely apartment of his own he lives with us now he's camping out because Mm -hmm. we have central ac and it's not good for him to be breathing in the non-central ac air and we don't want to lose him he's all we have right now also we're humanitarians Um, we're heroes yes we are heroes humanitarians we've taken him under we have an orphan we have a brown orphan living in our home we We're good him. women. He's, oh God, what would we do without him? He's Some, like, he's listening this whole time going, <laughs> I adopted you guys. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't know why you guys think the power dynamic is such that you're bringing me in. He's like, you would uh-huh. probably be dead if yeah. I wasn't here. This, that's true. That's true. Here's, uh, okay. So here's the thing. Wildfires have been going on in LA for years, but this year it's like next level. I it's mean, next level. It, it progressively it's not just LA gets, either. It progressively gets worse and worse and worse. Like I think every, you know, summer season fires happen. It's a thing that happens. Yeah. It's just escalating that the, the size of the fires, the lengths of the fires, the, the period of time in which we're going without rain. That's is, very true. It's well, insane. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the, the, Earth is changing. And what's crazy is that there are people who still... Are there people who actually still think global warming's not real? Because I feel like, and I could be wrong, I see a lot of railing against the idea of this person, and it's probably more a reflection of whose stuff I follow that I don't actually see the people going, yeah. global warming's not real. Yeah, I mean, we definitely probably exist in a bit of an echo chamber on social media, I can't imagine. We're following too many people outside of our thought bubble. Well, it's, it's just like, I don't think I'm spending a lot of time engaging with someone who can't see very obvious that the the world and the weather and the climate is changing. Yeah, And maybe maybe global warming is is an unfair not unfair maybe we could have used like climate change is better to say yeah i think climate change is probably a a little more broad too because i I think it applies to so many other things well because people hear global warming and then like the people who don't understand the science who also think that uh democrats are coming to take our jobs which like which fine if you have a million reasons to feel the way you feel i guess but like they hear warming and they go well it's colder here yeah yeah yeah. they're like well we can still get winter here okay well duh 
So, well, because it, there's a lot of science to it, and the term global warming has to do with the overall temperature. Is the overall temperature of the, mm-hmm. world. It's the overall temperature of the world? Raising. Yeah. I mean, the- well, it's also the temperature in the oceans, and the inside the oceans are the coral reefs, and the coral reefs are responsible for majority of the oxygen on this earth. They are. Yeah, coral reefs are responsible for more oxygen on this earth than the than the rainforests. The things underwater make mm-hmm. oxygen on yep. the earth. See, and this is why we need better terms in global warming. Because the, war- the warm water, the warm water is destroying the coral reefs. Coral reefs cannot live at too high of a temperature. Oh, so why can't we just put ice cubes in there? Mm-hmm. Nashi and see, that's there. what people think. Oh, and we are putting ice cubes in there in the form of glaciers melting. Glaciers just. The other day, someone I think it might have been our producer Sam was talking about telling me how the like the permafrost caps over in Siberia are, are no longer permanent. It's not, it's called permafrost and it's going away. It's like temporary <laughs> frost. It's like dyeing your hair with Kool-Aid there. We're getting to see really cool things. Scientists, cause you can look down in there and see years of the differences and the changes in the earth, yeah. but it's because the earth is falling apart. Yeah. You can see pieces of the earth that have been preserved underneath permafrost. That's wild. Yeah. And it's like, what is, is there a solution? What is it? Is there anything that could re like, cause I think you can't to, rebuild it. That's the thing. You, no. you can't bring it back. You could slow it Unless down. There's but another I, ice age. I think it involves like radical immediate change. If we actually, yeah. actually wanted yeah. to prevent anything because we've done so much damage. And like, I want to be hopeful enough to go. If we all got on board and we all believed and we all put the pressure in the right place, we could slow this down. But then there's a part of me that's like, No, maybe, maybe (laughs) Trump's lack of response to COVID is his attempt to like curb global warming. He's like, well, if I kill off most of the people, they'll quit their, uh, they'll quit running their fumes. (laughs) I think COVID arguably could also be another manifestation of the earth being like, I think the earth is trying to get rid of us. The earth is like, all right, if you're not going to fucking step up, I'm just going to get rid of you guys. Yeah. Either respect my boundaries or you can go bitch. uh Oh, I am sick of your shit. I am accepting that I cannot change you. And what do you do when you can't change someone? You kill them. That's what you do. Get out of my life. Evacuate Uh, off of my premises. Radical acceptance means you just accept that you have to murder the person. (laughs) That is my new book. Accept no one. Uh, Wait, that's also from What About Bob when he does the, it was the death therapy. Oh, really? Did you see What About Bob? I did recently. But the end when he, when he, uh, he becomes a therapist. Yeah, no, no. I think about that all the time. When, um, what's his face straps a bomb to him and leaves him in the, in the woods. And he thinks it's this Yeah, he thinks it's death therapy or something like that. You're supposed to be so scared that you're about to die that everything becomes so clear. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe that's a thing. People say, people change when they see a thousand percent, a thousand percent. You hear all the stories of people being near death and then like realizing something or realizing what's important or what's Mm -hmm. not important or some, simple fact that they were ignoring. So there's something to that. I I think about what about Bob every time I say, maybe I'll get into the mental health field out loud because I you're like, and then you think about a patient like Bob. No, I think about how Bob became a therapist and I'm like, am I Bob? (laughs) Am I Bob? (laughs) Uh, But I mean, it's that or I become a firefighter and (laughs) wait, by the way, I've, I've actually, uh, I just looked up EMT stuff. 
to be an EMT. What do you mean? Like how to train? Yeah, to train to be an EMT. Are you thinking about becoming an EMT or you were just curious? I was just curious. I mean, I've thought about it before. It's something I've considered a a few times over the years. Um, Well, you can handle like gruesome. Too much blood I can't handle. Well, that's a thing you'd have to cope with. But blood with, if my adrenaline's pumping... Which I I imagine it would have to be in that job. It would have to be. I think I would be able to weather that storm. But I also like, I love, um, I think I do well. um, With other people's stress. With other people's stress, not my own. Yeah. The wind blows and your life is in shambles. But if someone else is choking to death, here you come to save the day. Yeah, totally. I am absolutely capable of taking care of everyone else but myself. Because... Maybe you take care of other people to avoid taking care of yourself. You don't want to look at yourself. A thousand percent. You don't want to face your A thousand percent. You really are a therapist. Look at you. (sighs) Breaking it down for me. Yeah. I mean, here's, let's circle back to the fires because this is 8 million things we could run our mouths about. And Mm -hmm. I think we should. Yeah. But it seems like there's more, or maybe there's just more at one time on the West Coast right now than there historically has been. Oregon has something like, it, there, the fire that has just been there has burned more than in the last five years. I yeah, think something, I read. something insane. Yeah. What I don't understand is not, I don't understand. I understand it because a lot of people don't fucking think, but there's a fire outside of San Bernardino County that, that got starting. started because of a gender reveal party, which we both agree that child should not be born. If no, you no, think no, no. starting pyrotechnics no, no, in, no. Uh, dry California weather is a great way to reveal the gender. Yeah. Maybe we have enough of your genetics. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that reveals is that you should have an abortion. Yeah, just send <laughs> You're not fit to be a parent. Woohoo! No, but it's like these little things that spark the fires because it's like, yes, when we say global warming has to do with the fires. Nobody thinks that the earth is currently spontaneously bursting into flame. Yeah. It's just in such a dry condition because we're not getting the rain we need that makes it more susceptible should fire spark either in the form of, you know, something humans do or maybe like a lightning or a, I guess some type of electrical thing like that. what happened last year is still arguably human related because mm-hmm. we made the electricity fucking wires. But uh-huh. this is an, is always a conversation in California. Always. How can you be so inconsiderate? And this is where I go, I don't think we can save the environment. I think we just have to go, it's been a good run for humans. Yeah, I, that's what I say. I think I think we just have to chalk it up because to a good run. It's always bad. We like Malibu burned to the ground last year. The canyons are always on fire every summer. And someone's like, let's do pyrotechnics. Wild. Outdoors in Wild. California. That like the majority of people care more for their own situation themselves than they do for the unit yep. for society as a whole for yeah, the earth uh-huh. and that because everybody in america is obsessed with their fucking rights my amendment rights my rights my rights my, my rights are more important than the than the greater good of humanity Where it's because like in, according to the american constitution these are my rights what it's like you could not relinquish your rights and still care about people but the fact that there are people who need to go out of their way to be like let me prove that I have this right to the point that I won't wear a mask because it's oppression and I'm expressing my freedom and I can't be told what I have to wear when it's like, y'all got to do to help stop the spread of a deadly virus is put a cloth over your face. We keep coming back to this. I just think every episode, every episode is us just being like, like, where are your fucking masks? 
And on that note, uh, I'm not wrapping up, but we do have masks over on our on our merchandise table. Yeah, guys, go get masks. So check out our social media to get links to our Bonfire merchandise store. We've got masks, uh, multiple masks. T-shirts. Some of them benefit uh, Cups. trans lives groups. Some of them just say common cunts. Some of them, Some of them say, who's your god daddy? And yeah. we all know who that is. <sighs> We actually don't have that on a mask, I don't think. But no, we don't have it on a mask. But we I do have. It, great. it looks kind of weird on a mask. Yeah. It didn't look great. But we've got on a shirt. We've got on a mug. We've got. What we're saying is, we've got new merch with Sirius's outline on it. It's for all our serious lovers. Listen, like Nicole and myself. If I love you Sirius. want it on a mask, we can do that. Yeah, but we need you to demand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want demands. Right now, we're throwing shit at the wall. Some of it's sticking. Some of it may not. Some of it's really runny. What we do know is that it will all burn down if we don't, if we if, don't, if we don't fix the climate. And okay, before we, before we wrap up and get to the Harry Potter goodness, to the real fire, this would have been fun if Goblet of Fire was the book we were on, but whatever. Yeah. Order Phoenix, it bursts into flames. You get it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Fox. She gets it. We got it. Firefighters as a group. Mm. Where are we? What those are, are Those are the real baddies. Here's what I think about firefighters. I feel very deeply about firefighters. Yes. Human nature is fight or flight when in the face of danger. Yes. You either run to it and fuck shit up. Or you or, flight. Or you flight. And that is a, a form of self-preservation. Both of those responses are a form of self-preservation. Yeah. What's fucking crazy to me is there are firefighters who are choosing fight and it's not even self-preservation. It's to- That is superhuman that to me is literally a superhero if your human response is let me throw my body into this thing that is going to engulf and kill other people and i'm going to save them so it's i'm having a fight response not for myself that is fucking crazy yeah that you're like i'm fighting to save someone else's belongings someone else people animals the earth it they is see interesting. people who can't fight or flight and they're like, you know what? I got I'm, you. I got, I got it for you. Do you think that there's like, and I mean this in the most respectful way, you got to be a little crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not like standup. I would never say it's like standup. I hate when people tell me that I'm brave for doing standup because firefighters are one of the first people I think of that I'm like, yeah. I, but we go on stage and we seek what a lot of people's biggest fear. Like nobody wants to be laughed at and we're, craving that mm-hmm. and, the, and these firefighters are like i'm going to run into a fire yeah everything in your body should be mm-hmm. saying get D- the fuck yeah. out and you're like i'm just going to ignore that yeah, yeah. and power through it that is incredible i remember around that there was that explosion downtown are you talking and about d- the time d- you shit your pants <laughs> uh, have i ever shit my pants downtown probably um i worked customer i mean have you been downtown there was a <laughs> probably Oh, it's so real, you guys. It's so real how many times I've shit There's my pants. There's a fire starting in, in her pants. pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? There pitch. was an explosion downtown. There was an downtown. explosion downtown at that factory downtown, at that vape factory downtown. Do you remember that? I forgot about that. And there was an explosion at a vape factory. Yeah, there was oh. a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, and there was this, there was this video. I mean, there's so much video footage because we live in the world where everybody has their camera out. Yeah, no one's doing anything. There was video footage of these firefighters. They had a ladder like going up into the fire and they were all uploading onto this uh, bridge. And all of a sudden, once they all got in there, 
there was an explosion and they are all just booking it out of the building on the fire. And you see the fire just like engulfing them and they're just fucking still going. And a couple of firefighters got really badly injured. And those that didn't went fucking in again. That's wild. Wild. That's maniacal, but very, thank God for them. Yeah. Thank God. Well, and now they have, we'll, we'll finish here, but they also have, they were getting prisoners to help fight the fires because there are not enough people who have that mindset. Truthfully, yeah. is that like it's hard to be a firefighter? And Gavin Newsom in California just uh, they're going to now expunge criminal records for criminals who have helped in the fires who would like to become a firefighter, mm-hmm. which was good because it used to be that you couldn't get that job. Yeah, because you couldn't get that job yeah, with a felony you can't, record. You can't get become a firefighter with a felony record. And now they're that to me is beautiful. Yeah. What a what an amazing way to if you put your life on life on the line. Yeah, cease debt paid, debt paid, done. Yeah, done. If you go into a burning fucking forest, yeah, you want to know what you you can get out of jail. Sure, you can come fucking do that for. Yeah, you for can us. get out of jail and go do that some more. That's yeah. fucking admirable. I mean, is that okay? Last thing, firefighters you think are hot? The hottest. They're the hottest people ever. I have a, I have trouble because so many of my friends from high school became firefighters mm-hmm. that they have like sullied the image of the hot oh, firefighter no, I'm for so me. I'm so sorry. Because I'm like, oh, that's just, oh, no. that's just Kyle. That's oh, just Chris. No. I feel so bad for Like you. the idea of being carried to safety and then they take off their mask and it's one of my like dumbass bonehead friends from high school. I'm like, You're like ah. Joe Johnson? Yeah. What are you? I've seen you shit down. your pants. Why do you let me burn in there? Yeah, kill me. Anyway, we could talk about fires forever, but mm-hmm. we have to take a break and we have to get into the real hot stuff, which is more Order of the Phoenix. We will be right back. Potter. Welcome back. We are ready to kick off the Harry Potter talk of this episode. We're going into chapter 22. St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries. Okay, so when we left off, Harry had awoken or sort of been awoken with Ron standing over him from this extremely vivid dream where he saw Mr. Weasley down a hall get bit by a snake, but he didn't just see the snake he was the snake. He saw the whole thing from the ohos of the snake. But he wakes up and was like confident that this has happened. This yeah. is not, this wasn't a dream. Mr. Weasley is in danger and he's like freaking out. He freaks out to Ron and then Professor McGonagall shows up like what the fuck is happening. Tells McGonagall and she's like, okay, I believe you. Let's go see, let's go see Professor, uh, uh, Headmaster Dumbledore. Jesus. Professor Dumbledore. He used to be a professor, I guess, kind of, didn't he? It's Dumbledore. I know. I was trying my hardest not to say Voldemort. Fucking God damn it. Forgive me. I'm just a dumb old person. Don't try your dementia guilt on me. It's not going to work. You're not that old. But I'm old. She's getting up there. All right. So they go to Dumbledore's office. Yeah, because there was no question. There was no, what do you mean? What does this mean? McGonagall brings him there. And, and Dumbledore asks the question, what perspective did you see this attack from? Which is everybody was kind of like, what, what? And Harry was like, um, I was the snake snake, uh, which was probably pretty uncomfortable. The other thing is, but also Dumbledore expected it. Not only did he expect it, but the entire time he avoided eye contact with Harry, which is interesting. So you as a reader, 
I mean, this has been an ongoing thing. The lack of eye contact, the lack of... I mean, he's talking to Harry now, but he hasn't made eye contact with him the whole book. What is the deal here? What do you think? I don't, I don't know exactly, but if I think about it from just a human behavior level, I avoid eye contact with people when I don't want them to see the truth, when I don't want them to see what's going on with me. Oh. So if I think about it from that perspective, I think maybe Dumbledore's knows Harry's powers and, and doesn't want Harry to see something that's going on within Dumbledore. Okay. So he's like, he doesn't want to overwhelm Harry with the information that he maybe suspects or knows about Harry. Exactly. Interesting. I mean, that's the A only holding from the truth to protect someone. That's an interesting, interesting theory. So we're in his office. They tell the story and he turns to other pictures. And I thought this was interesting because before they actually get into the office, they, they heard all this commotion. So many people talking. And when they entered, no one was talking. And all of the portraits around were sleeping, quote. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing air quotes. But um, uh, so all of the portraits surrounding Dumbledore's circular office are of previous headmasters and headmistresses. Yeah. So Dumbledore turns to a couple portraits, Everard and Dillis, and, and kind of fills them in and lets them know about help with Mr. Weasley. He like, quote, wakes them up, but they were all listening there yeah. he's like did you hear all that and he's they're like yeah so how it worked which i, I think this is cool yeah. i think this is a cool peek into the wizarding world is that these are two very famous former headmasters mm-hmm. headmistresses of hogwarts and mm-hmm. so they're acclaimed so there are portraits of them in other big buildings in mm-hmm. other important places like the ministry of magic for instance or mm-hmm. saint mungo's so they can go in between their portraits in different buildings that's so crazy so he sends sends them to go try to find Mr. Weasley and get help. You know, learning more and more about the wizarding world and the fact that the Ministry of Magic is this hub of this central government for the wizarding world. And it seems like, you know, we know there's a wizarding world outside of Hogwarts, but it just really seems like Hogwarts is the center of it all. No. It just feels like the Ministry of Magic and Hogwarts are the only parts of the wizarding world that exist when we know it's not. When we know there's, you know, French and German and there's, you know, there's wizards all over Europe. And I'm assuming there's wizards in the United States too, but it just really seems like Hogwarts is so enmeshed with the Ministry of Magic and the Ministry of Magic is Ministry of Magic, like the central government for the wizarding world, or is it just the central government for the wizarding world in Europe? Because not right even now, in Europe. Do you have you forgotten the Goblet of Fire? I and know. Cornelius I know, just, Fudge meeting with just, the Minister of Magic of other countries. It just seems like I don't know. It just seems like the Ministry of Magic in Europe in uh for uh, in London is like the center of it all. Well, this is a story about. A boy in the UK. I know, but then everybody in the world knows about Voldemort. Yeah, everyone in the world knew about Hitler. I don't know. But there wasn't like not other schools in the world because Hitler was burning his to the ground. Listen, I don't totally understand the wizarding world. I think that what you have to keep in mind is that this is a story about specific parts of the wizarding world. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't read a Danielle Steele novel and think only this you couple on a farm You should have just stopped there exists. with you don't read a Danielle Steele novel. Yeah, I know. But 
it's not like cities outside of Gotham don't exist just because Batman is focused on Gotham City. That's just like, yeah, why would we talk about Los Angeles in a Batman story? He Do lives we, in Gotham. I know, but are there other Batmans in other cities? No, but there's also not the crime happening. I don't know. This has gotten... This is going off the rails. Anywho, so... The point is they keep their these portraits up in places. What I think is interesting is that even with the relationship between Cornelius Fudge and Dumbledore, there are still portraits of headmasters in the Ministry of Magic, whereas part of me thinks, why wouldn't they have taken those down? But then the other part of me thinks, oh, they are also trying to spy on Dumbledore through these portraits. Yeah, that's possible. That's definitely possible. I don't I don't know why. I, I wonder what the relationship with past headmasters were in between, between the, um, the headmasters and uh, the ministry of magic. Well, I like, think it varies Dumbledore, from is Dumbledore, j- the first headmaster that they've had issues with. I don't know, but I, I think it's likely that, that that's not the first time. Yeah. You know, it's history. It repeats itself. There's always going to be personalities bumping. And I mean, maybe it's the first time they've had an issue this big because they have, we have a minister of magic who is, a power hungry, but clearly very insecure that someone's after his job. Meanwhile, Dumbledore is just here existing, being a great wizard. And sometimes people can't handle other people's greatness. Like if you allow someone else's greatness to threaten your own shine, that is not on them. Yeah, no, it's like when I had, I have a great comedian friend who once said this to me because people, she, someone referred to her as intimidating. Um, and she, she gets that a lot. She, people are, you're intimidating. I mean, you're you intimidating. Just say that it was me. It was not you. You are the furthest thing from intimidating. I'm kidding. You're terrifying. Uh, it was Dulce Sloan. You're intimidating. And she said this and it was like, because I've been called intimidating, which blows my mind because mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as an intimidating person. She responded to someone saying this by going, I am not intimidating. You are intimidated. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. That it's like you being off put by someone else's shine or someone else's abilities or power is that that's you. That's your shit you need to work on. And Cornelius Fudge, this idea that Dumbledore has it out for his job to the point that Cornelius has to start a smear campaign against him. But I don't know what the legalities are about leaving up headmaster photos, but I feel like there is some sort of they want to keep an eye as well. Well, there's this one particular uh, portrait of uh, Phineas. We'll get there. Okay, sorry. We don't need to get there yet. Um, So while they're waiting, so Everard and Dillis, two former leaders of of Hogwarts, they run off to go wherever they are going to other portraits of themselves. Mm -hmm. And while they're waiting, Dumbledore is, um, he's looking into some sort of weird instrument. Was it? It wasn't the uh, Pensieve, was it? No. No, I don't think it was the pensive. But he's he's kind of like doing his own thing, not addressing Harry or Ron. And then Everard, one of the headmasters that had left, comes running back into his photo. He's panting, out of uh-huh. breath. And he confirms. He's like, Mr. Weasley is very badly injured. And Dillis comes back and confirms that Mr. Weasley has been taken to St. Mungo's. So Everard says that he was like yelling and he got someone's attention and by going, oh, I, I heard a noise down there. And they found him. And Dillis, which we will find out later, has a portrait at the entrance of St. Mungo's. Yeah. So that's now we realize what why those two specifically were sent. Yeah. Is that Everard obviously has a portrait somewhere in the Ministry of Magic. Mm-hmm. And Professor McGonagall, upon hearing this information, she goes and grabs Fred, George, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Because they have to. The rest of the crew. Yeah, to get them all to, out of there. Because she's like, all right, you got to go. Got to go see your dad. 
Yeah, well, and they ha- she has to, like, drop the bomb of the news. Like, hey, heads up, your dad is in... Your dad's in a bad way. <laughs> in a bad way. And so, among these portraits, you were just speaking on this, but we'll get to it. Dumbledore goes over to a sleeping man wearing green and silver, which we know are Slytherin colors. And he is like, hey, wake up. And the this portrait's being a dick. I mean, the fact that he, he wasn't sleeping, that was a fake sleep. Yeah, he was pretending to sleep. Just like, yeah, he's like, <sighs> eventually he gets him up. And that's where we find out this is Phineas Nigelus. Nigelus? Phineas Nigelus. I would say Nigelus. That's how I would say it. Would you say Nigelus? I said Nigelus, but I, because I'm thinking British Nigel. Yeah, Nigel. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, Who is a former ha- headmaster of Hogwarts. Um, and he's really just not into this. He's so over it, doesn't want to help. He agrees to go to his portrait at number 12 Grimald Place to tell Sirius. So connecting some dots, this guy mm-hmm. is clearly a relative of Sirius. He's yeah. got a portrait mm-hmm. in Sirius's home. Which makes it even more interesting to me how much Slytherin blood is in Sirius's is in family. Sirius's family. Yeah. That like a headmaster. Not even Slytherin blood, just like high up wizarding. Yeah. Also wizarding royalty. Yeah. And were you immediately thinking that you knew where this portrait was or were you thinking? No, because there was that where, because we find out that the portrait that was on the wall that was empty, that couldn't come down. Mm -hmm. That creature was trying to take, but had Mm -hmm. so many magic spells kept it on the wall ends up being Phineas's. Yeah. No, he has to go give Sirius the heads up of like, Hey, they're going to come to 12 Grimald place for now so he heads off Siri he, he gets there Sirius agrees to host the Weasleys so that because they'll stop there it's much closer to St. Mm-hmm. Mungo's than Hogwarts and wherever the fuck the Weasleys we know live out in the boondocks they th- this is this part was the part that really threw me was when they were all ready to like get onto the port key to to transport to Grimald place yeah so that's they're traveling by port key the Hogwarts Express is not a train that goes back and forth all the time it's Christmas a one time deal yeah, and in and out of school. Yeah. And you can't operate. So, and they don't want to travel by flu powder because the flu network's being watched, as we know, because we saw fucking fatty McFat bitch Umbridge's Ugh, ring, fucking ring addled hand. Taint to ass snatch. bitch. So they're port keying, but yes. Right as, they're, right as they're about to port key, right as they're about to touch, Harry catches Dumbledore's eyes. And he feels this crazy rage. Yeah, like he wants to attack Dumbledore. Like strike him down. Strike him down like a snake. Like literally an overwhelming urge to attack him. But then as soon as they get there, boom, he's gone. And Dumbledore's not porking with them. So and then that rage goes away. But Harry was like, I felt that I that was something I felt. So do you think that is part of the something in that is like why Dumbledore's are avoiding yes. eye contact? Yes. I think he's doing it to, I think he's avoiding high, eye can't contact to protect Harry because of things like that. Okay. Because I think because Voldemort is somehow channeling into Harry. I don't know how, I don't know why. I don't know what the connection is. I don't understand the science of the fiction, but, uh, and we get a little more into that throughout this collection based, of chapters. Based on what I know of Voldemort and Dumbledore's history, it is very acerbic. And I think that was an example of just how much, you know, animosity there is between the two. Oh, yeah. 
That because Dumbledore is the one person that everyone has said, it's been said multiple times, Voldemort feared. Yeah. He, you know, as long as there's Dumbledore and wherever Dumbledore is, is the safest place to be. Yeah. So they get there. And of course, Ginny, Fred and George are kind of like, what the fuck is happening? They want to be filled in. So Harry fills them in about the vision and is like, here's what I saw happen. And they're like, oh my God, we have to get to dad right away. Let's go. And Sirius is like, okay, let's take a breath. Slow your roll. Slow your little fucking redhead rolls. Yeah, you can't show up right away because then it's like, how did you know this so mm-hmm. quickly? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So he's like, you have to have time for your mom to get the message to then pass it on to you. Otherwise, it's like, because this thing about Harry seeing is fucking, it's suspicious. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, how, how do you know? How did you know that Mr. Weasley yeah. was hurt? And that's, I think, information, especially with the way the ministry is treating Dumbledore and yeah. Harry that they need to keep close. Yeah. Because trust no bitch. You know what I mean? This part pissed me off is when Fred gave Sirius Black some fucking s- shit. Like, I know the Weasley babies are your babies, but like, fuck that shit if they come for fucking Sirius Black. Because Sirius was like, you can't go there yet. And Fred is like, well, fuck you. You're the one who's sitting around here doing nothing. It's easier for you to say, stuck here. You're not risking your neck. And I get that you're like Team Sirius. But put yourself in the Weasley's shoes. I don't give a fuck. Don't come for my man. Don't come for my man. Okay, yeah. No, if, if you found out your dad had just been attacked and was at a hospital clinging to life. And someone was like, you need to just wait for a minute. You know what? Dick is thicker than blood. Are you watching this? Are you listening to this dad? I hope you heard that, that a firefighter will come between her and you. And you can just, you can just sleep on that. I'll sleep on that dick. Yes, she will. As you are writhing from a snake bite in your bed, Mr. Harold. I was really, <laughs> really upset about that. I wanted to, his Harold Schreiber. I was like, Schreiber's, where does Schreiber come from? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Schreiber? You know what? Knowing my family, it would make sense that I have my mom's last name. Hey, it happens. Uh, anywho. So he's like, you can't go. Fox. The I mean, Phoenix. Oh, the kids are rightfully pissed, I think, but also serious is rightfully angry that they said that because he's staying in. He doesn't want to be tucked inside. It's not like he's pussing out of duties. He's fucked right now. Anyway, by the way, this is the part that really fucking blew my mind. Fox, the Phoenix arrives with a message from Mrs. Weasley that says dad's still alive. I'm setting out now for St. Mungo's stay where you are. I will send news as soon as I can. Wait, why did that? Cause it's Fox. Why was Fox delivering something? I think that maybe first of all, I'm not a hundred percent sure how stealthily Phoenixes can travel. Cause as we know, like a Phoenix showed up in, in chamber of secrets and delivered the hat, the sword. So I feel like there's some sort of sleuth to it. Whereas an owl yeah. wouldn't have been at safe. She can't come through flu powder. They don't have cell phones for some fucking reason. It was the early nineties. It was before cell phones were really a thing. Uh, it was the safest thing. I think. I also think this is incredible that this is how big it is. Like this is how intense things are that like Dumbledore's Phoenix has been recruited to like relay a message. 
And I mean, like that's how crazy shit's getting. Are you thinking what's the order of the Phoenix is where they are currently at. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's if the Phoenix magical powers. I don't know. I mean, we know the bird has magical powers, but maybe it has extra magical powers because of the order. I don't know. So they're all like, quote, you know, going to bed, but nobody goes to bed. Mm -hmm. They, they stay awake till Mrs. Weasley gets there at five 30 in the morning. And is she's just like, he's going to be okay. He's sleeping. We'll go get some rest. And then we'll go, we'll go in the morning. Uh, Harry wants to tell, um, serious about his feeling about his dream. And then also about how he felt this crazy rage towards Dumbledore. Yeah. He's like, this was crazy. And Sirius kind of dismisses it. He's like, you, you know, you're feeling a lot. He thinks it's like residual yeah. chaos from the dream. Yeah. So he's like, don't even worry about it, which of course Harry ignores completely. Why would you not worry? He wanted to kill the person who is like, he looks up to yeah. all, he, his protector, the person who he respects yeah. more than anyone. I love that Sirius is like, yeah, no big deal. And Harry's like, no, I think I'm going to hold on to this. I think it like also maybe is a reflection of Sirius's own awareness of his chaotic emotions that yeah. he goes, yeah, sometimes you feel really angry towards someone who you actually love and care about. Yeah. Because as we know, Sirius has a tendency to, you know, flame up a little, get, yeah. get a fiery temper. So he's uh, probably like, it shit happens, you know, but Harry lies awake thinking about it. But also I think Harry's like afraid to sleep. Yeah. Um, poor, poor fucking Harry. So they have to wait cause they need a guard to go to St. Mungo's. So Moody and Tonks take Harry and the Weasleys to St. Mungo's. Yeah. They arrive. Mr. Weasley is in dangerous day. Lewin ward. Uh, Llewellyn, 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 Di Llewellyn is how it was pronounced in the, I'm sorry, I'm remembering the audiobook of the guy who probably pronounced everything much more correctly than I ever will. Miss uh, we- Mr. Weasley is serious bites in, in great spirits. What did you think of, let's back up for just a second. The whole getting to the hospital thing with like the abandoned kind of mall thing that just looks like a, an out of date. That's so funny. And then I love square. how people are walking by it and they're like, that place is never open. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fun. Yeah. That it's just like a, a mannequin that looks like it's from the eighties and yeah. then they, they step through into this crazy I'm picturing. I'm picturing, um, there was this, uh, department store when I first moved to LA, there was this old abandoned department store on Wilshire Boulevard called, um, like bullocks or something or <laughs> bullocks. bullocks. I can't remember what it was called, but it was this former, uh, f- fancy department store, but it was in this gorgeous art deco building and it was never it they I, I don't think they tore it down but they was never turned into anything it could still just be abandoned what if it's a magical building and that's what when i read this that's what i was picturing i was like oh shit that's what i'm gonna picture every time that's where I walk the ministry past. of magic is in la oh my god the los angeles ministry of magic can you even fucking imagine uh when we have a break i'll bring up a picture of it so you guys can see it it's really pretty yeah uh for the patrons who are watching live which if you would like to do patreon.com slash two filthy nerds join us it's Uh, fun anyways back to it so yeah like you were saying mr weasley feels good he says he's fine he's wrapped in bandages um they're all kind of talking. All the kids are kind of talking about like, Oh, what they think happened. Fred brings up that he thinks Mr. Weasley was on duty Mm -hmm. on guard, guarding something when he was bitten, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. It's interesting theory. Mrs. Weasley is like, shut the fuck up basically. Uh, cause first of all, they're surrounded by people who are outside of the order. Also, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And then all the kids sort of get, once they've said hi to Arthur, yeah, they get shoot out. What I thought was funny, not funny, but like, 
Mrs. Weasley's, I think this is just a classic dynamic of like, mm -hmm. Arthur's still in these bandages because like, I think this comes up more next chapter, but yeah. like he keeps bleeding and he's like, it's fine. And she's like, it's not fine. And he's like, he's like, he was trying to use a uh, muggle technology. Oh, that comes in, does that come yeah. in the next chapter? That comes in the next chapter. But what? ultimately that was really funny to the me. Fucking stitches. We'll she's get like, there. why are you using antiquated technology? So it's so cute. We'll get to that next. So anyways, they're supposed to do a little like order talk, obviously and moody like, tongs, Arthur. And of course the kids have the extendable ears. So and George fucking saves the day. Uh, and so, they hear that Moody th thinks that Voldemort was probably trying to use the snake. Yeah. He was using it as like uh, to explore a look at like, let's send in the snake. The snake mm -hmm. will report back because as we know, I'm assuming it's the same snake that he has been able to talk to the whole time. Najini or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And Mrs. Weasley says, you know what? I think Dumbledore has been waiting for something like this to happen to Harry the whole time. Yeah. And of course they're all looking and Moody agrees. Something's up and wonders if Voldemort is maybe possessing Harry. And this is so fucking awkward. Cause they're all Harry's listening. All the kids are listening and they just hear them go like, maybe Harry's possessed, possessed by, possessed by Voldemort. It's like, uh, what? And like so if they, all of a sudden someone was like, Jessica Michelle is being possessed by Hitler. I'd be like, well, now I need to fuck Jessica Michelle. Oh, God. I'm going to hate fuck you to death. I can't die. All right, guys. I'll never die. I'll see. I, I'll pretend to die and move to Argentina. Anyway, that concludes chapter 22, and we are going to throw to a quick break, and we will be right back. BRB. We are back. Chapter 23. It's the Michael Jordan chapter of this book. Christ's mass on the closed ward. It's Christmas, you Jew. Christ's mass. I mean, that is what Christmas is, I guess, when you think about it. It's Christ's mass. Mm -hmm. He is risen. He is born. The it's son his mass. of God is here. Have you ever? Of course, you haven't gone to midnight mass. Yeah, actually, I have. You have? I've, been to, three, I've been, been to three different midnight masses. Why? What are you trying to fuck Catholics? Why have you gone to so many midnight masses? Because my best, friend, my best friends weren't um, weren't Jewish. So I spent Christmas with them a lot. And they were like, my family's going to midnight mass. I was like, I guess I'm going to midnight mass too. How'd you feel about midnight mass? Oh, fine. I was like, it's just like synagogue, just cheesier. It is. It's a little culty. I went to midnight mass at the Vatican one year when I, the one year I was like, I actually did through. too. You did? It's insane. I yeah, went when I was a kid. Crazy British tourist, not British, Brazilian tourist groups had like posters for the Pope. I was like, oh, he's like a celebrity, a celebrity in the religious world. To the super Catholic people. Mm -hmm. To the super pedophiles. Um, I mean, why is he protecting so many people? You have to ask yourself, why is the Vatican so big? How many butts are they hiding in there? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Save the children. J peace be with you. Whatever the fuck. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so, on the closed word. so little convenient timing that this happened right as Christmas break was happening. Thank God. So it's one thing I had to keep in mind, by the way, with this part was that, uh, this is all taking place during Christmas break. So there was a part of me that forgot when they were all fleeing Hogwarts and going you were you, like, you can't just leave. You're just I was leaving. like, you can't just leave. You have, you have class. It's it's class time. And then I was like, oh yeah, it's Christmas break. Like fucking. Yeah, but they still were like trying to get them out without 
What's her butt? I'm the being... rich, tainty bitch. Because she would have been nosy. She would have probably come up with some sort of, you know, yeah. educational decree. Uh, the educational decree number No s- leaving for Christmas break. I can't wait till they get to educational decree number 69. Eat my ass. She eats her own ass. Her and that's how she dies. Her spine collapses and she just eats her ass to death. She just inverts herself and she becomes a human cashew like Buddy right now. Just curls her nose into her ass and then just fucks her face, fucks herself to death. We can only hope. Sam, don't cut any of that out, please. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So Harry is obviously, he overheard that. Now he's like, oh my God, what if I'm the weapon? I'm the secret weapon. That's what he's thinking. What are your thoughts when you read that? Are you like, oh shit. I didn't have any thoughts about it. I was like, no, he's not. You thought no? You didn't go, maybe that's the case? Mm, No, I don't think Harry's the secret weapon. You don't think Harry is the secret weapon? No. Interesting. Well, now that you're saying it like that, am I supposed to? No, you're supposed to think whatever you think. Then stop being persuasive in your tone. I'm not being persuasive. You're being manipulative in your tone. No, I say interesting every time. No, this was heavier than it usually is. Interesting. Ugh! I'm not being manipulative. You really are a fucking cunt. No, I'm not. All right, Umbridge. Never time you're being a cunt, I'm just going to call you Umbridge. All right, well, fucking prepare i hope you are ready to keep speaking and saying umbrage for the rest of your life because i'm not quitting i love you don't fucking touch me mm. your back is so soft There's, no one can see that okay it's an audio podcast except for the viewers on patreon which if you'd like to join patreon.com slash two filthy nerds you could also be creeped out by nicole petting my back and people Listen, asking guys, if i'm I wearing maternity clothes tender loving friend okay so mrs weasley noticed that harry is looking up real peaked and she's like listen yeah, Harry, he hasn't Harris. slept he looks like shit she's like go take a nappy poo before dinden and so of course harry goes and attempts to never sleep again because he's by the way i don't think there's anything better than a nap before dinden anyone else like a good schluffy before before a big think, old meal i don't think there's anything better than a nap before any meal because i think the two best things are sleeping and eating I, that's why I'm like, oh man, it's like foreplay before you fuck yourself with food. And then fall back asleep immediately. Oh, nothing. Uh, I've, I've probably had too many of those days in quarantine, which is evident by the body I'm gaining of waking up, eating, being exhausted from the food I ate mm-hmm. and going back to sleep. Yeah. <sighs> it's a vicious cycle. I'm hungry. It truly is. So Harry doesn't go to sleep. He's laying awake, shitting his pants like, oh my God. What if Voldemort's looking? What if Through I him? Well, because he saw Voldemort yeah. or what Voldemort was seeing, possibly, or something. We don't really know. It's still mm-hmm. in the air, but they're going, if he's possessed, what if he's looking into the Order of Phoenix and getting all these secrets? But at that point, it'd be like, well, why wouldn't you want to go to sleep then? So he can stop getting information. So Harry's like, well, I'm just going to fucking run away. And he starts Here, Let me solve up. the problem. I'm the problem. I got to go. Which is what a lot of dads do. Yeah. Also, I love that Harry like packs up and he's going to run away. Like I, I, there's so many times when shit was like going wrong when I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to run away. And I'd like pack up my little ET suitcase and then I'd go into my backyard and that would be my version of running away. That was your version of running away. I get it. Let me guess. You really ran away. Yeah. Grow up. I went into the woods and here's the worst part. Nobody looked for me. It was a fun time. I came back and people were like, where were you? I didn't even know you were gone. They didn't. And I was like, we thought you were taking a nap before dinner. I ran away. I'd been gone for a week. Anyway. (sighs) And so as Harry's packing up, 
He's packing up in front of Phineas Nigellus. Well, this is where we learn that this is where his portrait is. He's in the room where that empty portrait that couldn't come off the wall was. Phineas shows up. So now you go, oh, that's where the portrait is. And of course, he's like mocking him. He's like, I thought you were a Gryffindor. I thought being in Gryffindor meant you were supposed to be brave. And he's like, well, I have a message from Dumbledore if you want it. Dumbledore says, stay where you are. As if Dumbledore somehow knew, because it's Dumbledore, that Harry would try to leave. He's like, he's... Dumbledore's amazing. What do you think of that? I mean, Dumbledore's the best there is. I know, but of of him getting a message as he's packing up to leave, Dumbledore sends someone to go, don't leave. I mean, it's fucking wild. It's... Or... I just had a thought. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. Here's a prediction. What if... Dumbledore didn't say that. What if Harry actually is being used by Voldemort to see into the order of the Phoenix? And because Phineas is a Slytherin, AKA a bad guy, dark. Well, because we, he's a dark, he's a, we know that there's family members that went over to dark wizardry in the black family, very pure blood purist. Um, Oh, and he's trying to get him to stay. He's trying to get him to stay. Oh, so you think Dumbledore didn't say shit. Maybe Dumbledore didn't. And this guy's just like, don't go. He's like, by the way, Dumbledore said don't. And he's, you know, it's like everybody knows you can manipulate with what Dumbledore says. Yeah. When also mocking him and being like, oh, you're a coward. Kind of doing like that reverse psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reverse psychology. Mm, Interesting. I think I have a good instinct. So Harry resolves to stay, but he's still like creeped out. He like doesn't want to sleep because of all the shit that happens when he sleeps. He doesn't want to be out around his friends because he's like, what if I am possessed? Also, how fucking awkward that you now maybe think I did this to your dad or that I was somehow involved more than I think I was. So he, then, goes, he just goes and like hides in Buckbeak's <laughs> room. And then finally, in the whitest moment of all of Harry Potter, Hermione knocks at the door and she uh, left her ski vacation with her family. <laughs> I left my ski vacation to come be here. Harry, I'm here for you. I'm supportive. My family is in the Swiss Alps at, the sh- at a chalet. But I left them to come be your friend. Just, I am so good. I mean, she is a good friend. She, she is, is like, friend. don't Look, hide from your friends. I'm telling you right now, if my family, if we were on a ski vacay and shit was hitting the fan with you, I'd be like, I'll see you after my vacay. Yeah. Hermione is a good friend. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, so Hermione's there and she's like, you if know, you were possessed by the devil. Just for the record, mm-hmm. my family never goes on ski vacation, so I would be there for you. Yeah, you're the devil. Anywho, so <laughs> she knows what Harry overheard the night before, and she thinks he's being silly and makes him talk to Ron and Ginny. So they yeah. all have their little... They get together. It's like, come on. And Ginny's kind of like annoyed that he wouldn't talk to her because Ginny's like, yeah, why wouldn't you talk to me about it? I've actually been possessed by Voldemort. Which is fucking crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, oh, yeah. She was the one in the, what is it? Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. Writing in the journal. And so she's like, well, does, do you feel like this? Have you lost big chunks of time that you're just blacking out and can't remember anything? And Harry's like, no, I can't remember any of that. And then he's like, all right, also, maybe I'm not being possessed. If you were, I guess like, yeah, with Ginny, it's like you're coming to and being in a place where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Cause it is weird to be like, well, how would you know you blacked out? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you don't remember all the times you blacked out in college. I don't remember any of the times. I I only know I blacked out in college because of the stories people told me the next day and photos of myself. Mm, Yeah. 
it's a nightmare. But I guess coming to in a place that you don't remember ending your time in would be pretty indicative of a blackout, which he has not experienced. So then Harry's like, all right, well, maybe I'm not the secret weapon. Or maybe he's just getting back to where he left before the blackout. I don't know. Next day is Christmas morning. Bunch of presents. It's present time. George and Fred are like, uh, hey guys, uh, don't go downstairs. Mom's fucking crying again. She's sobbing. Apparently Percy returned his sweater. So we know Mrs. Weasley makes sweaters for everybody. I mean, I don't think that's a reflection of Percy and you know how much I hate Percy. I think that's just a reflection of how bad her knitting is. Yeah, but it's, he didn't even leave a note. He's never returned it before. I mean, it's a great joke, but like she's hurting Nicole. This woman is hurting. And it's like, for what? Your son's a cunt. Let it go. Lupin is trying to calm her down. I mean, Lupin. Ah, my tears of pussy. Yeah. It's like, if you really want to calm her down, why don't you fucking. Did I just say tears of pussy? Yeah, you did. Your wop. Um, My wop. Wop. My wet ass pun him. I would like for Lupin to calm me down using his giant werewolf balls, but oh, those fucking hairy knockers. Oh, those must be gross. Oh, you lie. You would love it. Tears those of pushy ooh. sound. Pussy sounds like a potion ingredient. Tears of pussy. <laughs> sounds like a potion ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sam in my ear. Thank you. Producer Sam. You're not wrong. And what would that potion do? You've got uh eye of newt. Three tiers of pussy. <laughs> and it this is an erectile dysfunction potion. <laughs> this is what they do in the wizarding world because they don't have Viagra. Uh, by the way, a friend of mine just told me that he takes Cialis every day. He's 46. But Cialis is a... He's not even having sex right now. He's like, yeah, I take Cialis. Yeah, it's a boner medication. He takes it every is day. Is it like an antidepressant where you're supposed to take it every day? Or is he... I don't know. I don't know how it works, but he tells me he takes it every day. I was like, what, do you want to have stamina when you're jerking off? Why are you taking Cialis every day? He's like, yeah, it's just, you know, I have sex so infrequently that if I do have it, I want to be good. I'm like, you're taking drugs on the off chance that you might get laid and you don't want to disappoint her. Just apologize. During a quarantine? Yeah. That I honestly like that can't be good. That like that's gonna give you long-term erectile dysfunction. Right? Because it's like it's like having your adrenaline spike all the time and then yeah. not having it when you need adrenaline because you've just depleted I don't know. it. I don't know. I feel like that's like people who abuse laxatives. Like if you abuse laxatives, your your duty's not gonna know how to come out on its own. That's your duty's not gonna know how to come out on its own. Why'd I get a southern accent when I said that? Your duty. That's so funny. I mean, because it's duty. Okay, so Hermione decides to, she has a present for creature, and everyone's like, it better not fucking be closed. Oh, We've been creature. over this. But it's not closed. But she still is on this fucking house elf kick. So she brings it down to what they decipher is his room, which is a din under the boiler. So which honestly, sounds a lot where. Here, lot, lot like, like where Harry grew up. Yeah, it's a lot like Harry's room. Yeah. Uh, just a tiny space. And they go in there. There's a bunch of gross blankets, like stale crust, and all these like family relics, like little, uh, you know, black history, black history. <laughs> <laughs> Photos of Martin Luther King. <laughs> the black family history. Throughout, you know, just little pieces it's that he's been... just a Malcolm X poster. Just been... It's, it's an ode to Ro- Rosa Parks. He's just hoarding little pieces of the family. This is where he's been kind of hiding the things he's been... That we know he's been trying to take. There's a photograph of Bellatrix Lestrange that Creature has put in front of all yeah, the others. Yeah, he is... Creature is just oh, fapping off to Bellatrix. He's got the hots for this Bellatrix lady, which is... 
Sounds about I, I guess accurate. It's fine. I mean, she's an evil person and he's an evil he elf. He likes, he has hardcore dedication to this family. But then I think like, aren't, as a family house elf, are you not technically part of the family? But I guess, like you said, cum is thicker than blood or whatever yes, you said. Dicks are thicker than blood. So Sirius realizes, uh, Hermione leaves the present and then Sirius realizes that, oh dude, Actually, no one's seen creature is, for a while. Yeah. Like in the course of looking for him, he's like, where, where is he actually? Everyone's like, maybe he left and he's like, no creature can't leave the house without permission. But then Harry's like, well, actually there must be a way because Dobby, Dobby did once. Yeah. And he wasn't, he didn't have permission from the mouth mouth voice. And Sirius looks a little like, Oh, he's shit. like, Oh, bleep. but then he's like, nah, it's fine. No big deal. So after lunch, a little après lunch, they're like, let's go back and visit, uh, daddy. O Weasley at Mungo's. St. Mungo. So as is the case, when you have an ill family member, it's a lot of back and forth to the hospital. And this is where I this mentioned it earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, this is so funny. Mrs. Weasley shows up and she gets pissed at Arthur. Cause she finds out He's been trying to give himself stitches like he's a muggle. Yeah. So like the assistant to the healer is someone who dabbles in both like magical healing and they, they want to like bring these together Mm -hmm. muggle arts, which is so funny because like as a human stitches are like part of our medical field. Yeah. Like it's, it's a thing that happens when you get get them snitches, get them. Everybody gets the stitches, but hearing Mrs. Weasley go, I'm sorry. Maybe I misheard you because it sounds like what you're saying is that you tried to sew your body together. Hearing like, it like that is like, oh, that's insane. Yeah, that's that's but, actually what it is. But that's what we do. That and like glue. Have you ever watched someone doing stitches? Ugh, it's fascinating. Absolutely not. Oh, I, you're like it. into that shit, right? Yeah, I watch. I like watching stitches. Ever, I like watching plastic surgery stitches. Those are really fascinating. Have you ever done stitches? No, I've never done stitches. Would you? If I feel like you'd be the person who someone got a cut and you'd be like, we need stitches because you've seen enough videos and you'd probably, I mean, at this point, I, I actually think I could do stitches at this point. Maybe you should be an EMT. Um, I've watched so many stitches. I don't think I could do plastic stitches, but I think I could do, uh, just a regular surface stitch. Have you had stitches? Yeah. Where? I fucking cut my thumb open in college when I was cutting fruit or something i don't remember what it was but oh so funny i was in in the kitchen cutting fruit and there was a maintenance guy fixing the door or something and i cut my thumb when i was in there and i was like oh no and it was fucking bleeding everywhere and then the maintenance guy comes over he's like oh yeah you're gonna have to go get stitches and i was like so calm like so calm about it i was like aren't you freaking there was so much blood uh and then i had to walk over to the uh school whatever school infirmary college infirmary what was that called campus health center yeah campus health center went over there and uh, i was like fuck 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 because i was like really scared to get stitches and uh the nurse was like don't worry i'm really good at it i was like bitch no you're not i've never had stitches they sound very painful and she did it and i was like oh you're really good yeah it's pretty good yeah Yeah. it was super it was like i needed like four stitches it's not a problem oh that's great yeah but Uh, well so anyway mrs weasley is fucking losing her shit on him and the kids are like all right we're gonna just like go for a little walk a walkie poo so they're kind of just parading around the hospital oh, this is the best part they <laughs> end up in the spell damage wing well through the window they see someone they recognize a 
smart. Yeah, so they like kind of run into him. He still can't remember anything. But he's still full of himself. So yeah. that's fun. Still full of himself, which is so funny because they're kind of caught in this awkward conversation with him and the nurse comes over and is like, oh, you guys came to visit him. Oh, that's so, so sweet. He never gets visitors. Which and they're is, like, ah. So now they're trapped in this, like, I don't want to be rude and admit that, like, we, we weren't here. We're not here to visit him. So she's like, why don't we go back to his room and, you, you know, you guys can hang out. And he's like, I bet you guys want an autograph. Like, he has no memory of who he is, but he still has. He still knows he's a narcissist. He's still, yeah, it's like you. And that's the, that's the problem with narcissists is that, like, is it a mental health issue? Yeah, can it be cured? I no, don't think so. Not at all. It's you can get your entire brain erased and your brain still wants to suck its own dick. It's like, that's a hard one. Yeah. That's like a, yeah. The brain dick is hard. It's a Just big, hard brain, brain dick. dick. Cause dicks are thicker than blood. And this is the, that's the theme of this episode. So I'm going to keep coming back to it. Cause dicks are always thicker than blood. Nice, thick, juicy dick blood. I hope I never have a family member who feels this way. Oh, I'm your family. So come here. You are absolutely not. I love you so much. Don't touch me. We are family. We are just roommates and coworkers. I I will not be replaced with a dick. You will. Um, So they go. I know. I will. That's the story of like every female friend is that like we're best friends. I found someone. I don't need you anymore. Girls night ends when Dick shows up. I mean, it's true. So they go to his ward. There's a couple families there and uh, they overhear. Is that what happens over here? They see. Okay. So Harry sees Neville Neville Longbottom and he's like, oh, fuck. By the way, when I saw the title of the last chapter, I was like, oh, we're definitely running into the Longbottoms for sure. Because uh, at St. Mungo's? Because I remember that they were at St. Mungo's. So I was like, well, that's going to happen. So it was like, this was, to me, this was just like a ticking time bomb of a moment to happen. Yeah. And then when it starts happening, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. Yeah, because like Harry, we know, knows about the Longbottoms, but he has been sworn to secrecy by Dumbledore. And if you've forgotten, the the Longbottoms were tortured with the Cruciatus curse by... uh, it was Bellatrix Lestrange, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he sees Neville and he kind of tries to like distract everyone from seeing him. But Ron spots him and is like, oh, Neville, hey, what's up? And Neville's like so uncomfortable. Neville's mortified. I mean, rightfully so, because like this is not a thing he's shared with anyone. And that's got to I mean, that's hard. Neville's. And- this was this was a moment where I, I f- fell in love with Harry even more because Harry knows why he's there and he's trying to distract everyone from seeing him because he wants to avoid Neville feeling like shit. Yeah. He's like running defense, trying not to yeah. put Neville in a precarious situation yeah. where he's going to be uncomfortable, which unfortunately fails, but they meet Neville's grandmother who we've seen in the form of a boggart. Yeah. And or her she wears a, a vulture hat. She literally has a vulture on her hat. She's so excited to meet them. I she knows that, all about them, which I thought was really cute. I thought cute. it was cute because yeah. it's clearly like Neville is telling stories about his friends at Hogwarts yeah. and yeah. she's like, oh, you must be Hermione Granger and you're Ron and of course you're Harry Potter. And then she said something about his parents and they were like, oh, we didn't know your parents were here. Well, and she's Ron, like, yeah, Ron's like, oh, your parents. And sorry, go ahead. And, the, and grandma was like, Neville, you've never told them about your parents. Like she is shocked because she thinks... I, this part reading, like reading it the first time and re-listening it to it even was like, I, I got teared up. It because, fucked me up. It, yeah, it, because it hurt. She, because she's like, 
you you should be proud of your parents. They they didn't give their health and their sanity, so their only son would be ashamed of them, you know? Like she's like these your parents were like fighting. Fa- yeah, they were famous orers. Like they were big fucking deals. Yeah. And like they're like this because they were fighting dark wizards. And they were they got tortured to insanity. So and that's with where the Cruciatus curse. Yeah, the Bell- Bellatrix Lestrange. And um So and, the uh, grandma kind of like lays that on them as like, well, that's why they're here, Frank and Alice. Yeah. And everyone all everyone who didn't know this, uh, I was everyone shocked. except for Harry was like, Oh my god, that's insane. And then finally they were like, Oh my god, we all had no idea. And Harry was like, I knew. And I promised I wouldn't tell you guys, which yeah. it was one of those moments where I was like, oh. like the fact that Harry like showed what an honorable friend he was to Neville to Neville and like how, how respectful he was to, to Dumbledore's wishes was like, oh, so beautiful. Are there secrets you would keep from your closest friends? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they? I told you the one that I kept from you one time. And then I told you when we were on mushrooms. I don't remember what that was about when you were going through a breakup. Oh yeah. I hated that secret. And I frankly have a lot of feelings about that. Anyway, (laughs) this is an awkward way to leave the podcast, but here's what's going on. You guys, we've reached the end of this episode. We are going to have two episodes a week. We're breaking up uh, some of the chapters so we can read more chapters. So Nicole can get a little more in there, but also because we want to go in depth. We want to pick apart the meat of these chapters. We want to, talk about the portraits on the wall and like all the little nitty gritty details that we feel we have to rush through a lot of the times to get everything squeezed in, in a, in an amount of time that wouldn't be insane for you to listen to one episode. Mm -hmm. So Friday at midnight, we're going to drop another episode. That's got chapters 24, 25, 26. So we hope you've enjoyed these ones. And that'll be the format from now on. We'll usually do, you know, maybe like three, three chapters, an episode, but that's where we're leaving this one. Keep an eye on wherever you listen to podcasts for Saturday morning, late Friday night to get another episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, leave a review. Uh, shout out to everyone who's done that. Shout out to people following us on social media at Two Filthy Nerds. A couple fun things we got this week uh, on Twitter. Steven at Cheering Xboxer. He sent a photo of Harry Potter, P-A-W-T-E-R, and it was a little golden retriever wearing a Harry Potter costume, which... At all times, you can always, always, always send us any type of pictures of dogs, but especially in Harry Potter costumes. Calvin on Instagram said, maybe it wasn't on Instagram. I think it was on Twitter. Uh, Nicole wanting to be sandwiched between Lupin and Sirius is proof of your great taste. Obviously, I have impeccable taste. Yes. And uh, on Instagram, also a, a post we shared, but shout out to the account out at crazy underscore Harry underscore fan. You guys, if you haven't been over to our Instagram, we shared this picture of Cornelius Fudge. Oh, it's so a metaphor, but there's a guy mowing funny. his lawn. Like there's nothing going on. Like and nothing bad in the background. Yeah. Which is like the news that Lord Voldemort's back. It's a whole thing. I can't explain it to you, but follow us on Instagram. We share a lot of other funny posts. We share our own shit there and make sure you check out our merchandise. If you haven't already over at bonfire.com slash stores slash two filthy nerds. That's T W O. We got some cool shit over there. So go buy some. And finally, the biggest thank you to all of our patrons. You are supporting us at such an incredible level. We love having you. If you want to be part of the live podcast audience, we take questions from patrons after the show. We chat with you during breaks and other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So head over to patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. Be a part of the fun and also help support this podcast. We we love doing it either way, but having a little bit of support so we can continue to pay our bills and and keep these things rolling out and keep the content coming for you guys never hurts. 
And on that note, we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Goodbye. This has been a Two Filthy Nerds production.